Hello, and welcome back to the Poorly Written Podcast. The only podcast on the internet where if we talk over each other, we're at least funny and not concerning. Yep, that, that's the intro we're going with. I'm yeah. Zach. <laughs> I'm Zach, joined by Mike, sir, in India. Say hi. 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 And uh, based on the title of this episode, if you clicked on it, you're wondering what debate we're talking about. Uh, it's not pineapple on pizza versus not pineapple on pizza. Sorry to burst That's your bubble. That's already been decided. That's already been decided. You just you just don't put it on. <laughs> Alright, so there was no protest for that, so that's good. We're all on the same page. Thank God. Today we're talking about the debate, the first of three debates between the two potential presidents of the United States. Well, it might be the only debate. Well, it might be the only one because certain parties at hand had decided that they didn't like it. I think both people from both parties. Well, one of them said that he doesn't want to do it again, so. Don't they have two more than one debate? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, India. <laughs> like, you uh, they are obligated debate. to do more debates, but. <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> um, let's go into the overview of the show. Um, what We watched the debate. Uh, ew, gross. We're gonna do kind of a quick recap of what madness we saw. Then we're gonna ask ourselves, what did we actually watch? Because that was not a presidential debate. Is there any takeaways we can get from that debate? And is there an actual winner? And who lost besides America? Mm. That's pretty much what we're, what we're working on right now. We watched the debate. All four of us watched the debate. I had to watch it at work. So, I was forced to watch, like, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, did anybody... Democracy lost. Democracy really lost. Well, we'll good. get into the winners and losers <laughs> later, but... Yeah, jumping ahead of it, yeah, I agree with Sarah. <laughs> First of it all... It wasn't even a the whole democracy. First of all, first of all... Everyone lost. Whoever watched the debate, there was people who were like from like your like a lot of Europeans tuned into the debate. Surprisingly, oh, no. I was reading this on NPR. A lot of like foreign people watched the debate. Like they stayed up to watch this, and they were like, "What is going on over there?" So you know the fact that some Europeans were watching the debate too, along with us, but also Canadians were watching it too. You know. The Stanley Cup's over, so the Canadians are going to watch U.S. politics now. That's the only other season they got going for them. <laughs> it's basically like checking someone on the ice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, they've been, they've been talking smack about each other for a minute now. And I feel like this debate was, like, the first time they're both in the same room, live, ready to duke it out. And that's exactly what they did by speaking over each other. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we watched the debate. It was just really bad. Let's start with the fact that uh, it did not take long for uh, chaos to ensue. I think it was like 10 minutes in. Trump started to actually like in- start interrupt. Uh, start to interrupt yeah. Joe Biden. And boy, uh, it just mm-hmm. went downhill from there. Like he, he played along a little bit because he got to go first. You know, he's like, fine, I'll play along. And then Joe started making good points, so he had to interrupt him. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, I think it was also due to the moderator, Chris Wallace. I, because I, he's he's a conservative, and he, I think he's like the first person from Fox News to actually moderate, you know, a major debate in a while because of the bipartisanship I, issue. I kinda- I kind of disagree with you, Mike. What? The whole Chris Wallace of it all. That was not Chris Wallace's fault. Poor Chris Wallace was not signed up for that. Um, Well, but... If I... Can I just uh, continue with it? Then you can (laughs) say your thing. Hey, you're doing the exact same that we were just bitching about. Well, at least we're entertaining, Zach. No, Mike, you can go, Mike. No, it's all right. (laughs) Yeah. I'll pass it (laughs) Well, okay, what I was saying with Chris Wallace was that his nose was just also his attitude. I I just come from a center of bias. I don't really like Chris Wallace's type of attitude because I think Chris Wallace is kind of an ass when he interviews, like, you know, presidents 
and all this kind of stuff. Like with Donald Trump, you kind of have to be an ass to interview him to get the full story. But, you know, when you're interviewing people like Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, who are like very easily, you know, talking orators and who like, you know, get the point across, like, I think rather easily without kind of deflect, deflecting stuff, mm-hmm. he was kind of an ass to him. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that's sort of like you know he's very journalistically uh, proper about stuff like you know get the truth like you know old newspaper type stuff. But what with this, it that kind of blunt attitude, I don't, I didn't think really meshed well, and I think caused more chaos. I are you done? Wait, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. You need to go, Sarah. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be interrupting debates. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I I guess what I would argue to this is I think it's Chris Wallace's personality interview style I think could go either way for a lot of people. I I don't particularly like him, but I don't particularly dislike him. I think for out of all the Fox News people they have, Chris Wallace is pretty, you know, he's pretty good. He's actually a real journalist. He's credible. I would listen <laughs> to what he would have to say. He he's more he, he he's known to be credible. One. Two, I don't think it would have mattered who the moderator was in this case. I really don't think it would have mattered. I don't think anything would have changed what happened. You felt, I, you kind of felt bad for Chris Wallace. I honestly felt bad for the guy. He was, a presidential moderator, debate moderator is supposed to ask questions, time it, and flip back and ask other questions. That was his job. And he was basically, he basically became a kindergarten teacher for 90 minutes. That's essentially what happened to Chris Wallace. No matter who moderated. I think that. that's a good point. Is that I really don't think it mattered who the the moderator was, but like certainly certain people were going to be less tolerant of it. Like if George Stephanopoulos, uh, Stephanopoulos from ABC, Stephanopoulos, <laughs> yeah, if he was inter- if he was moderating, he wouldn't let Trump walk all over Joe Biden the way he did. But it's really hard to control Trump when he gets going. And I feel like comparing it to the 2016 debate, I feel like Trump, in a way, was like, he was not very direct on some of his ramblings and stuff, too. Like, he attacked Joe Biden. That's not that's not a question. But he's not going after Joe Biden the same way that he went after Hillary. It's different. Like, his whole strategy on this debate was completely different from the 2016 version of Trump we saw when he was debating Hillary. He was more calling out on things that we kind of knew about the Clinton family, like about them, like getting money for speeches and stuff. But this time, I think he just went too far and he kind of it was it was just an energy he gave out. And like, he was just like kind of like a clown. Oh, we know he's a clown. We don't have to worry about that. We we know he's a clown. (laughs) Joe Biden. (laughs) I I love the fact that Joe Biden was like getting in the name calling, but it's not as bad as like what Trump was doing. He, like the fact that Joe Biden was able to get in, like you clown, shut the hell up, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at like I've only seen one conservative thing on like my Facebook feed where they're like, "Oh, Joe Biden told the president to shut up." I'm like, "Uh, did you ignore the fact that Trump called him out on his dead son?" Mm-hmm. So that that was something I've noticed, but I really think with this like first debate, I know the commission says that they're gonna restructure the debate so that way there's less over talking and more actual conversation going on. But um, I really think that that isn't gonna matter because I don't think Trump's gonna slow down at all. Yeah, uh, this is sort of just like the beginning because uh, I think Trump was waiting for this moment. And because Biden is a Biden's a very conservative type of guy, like you know. And if you watch his pre, I remember from the previous debates when he, I think when he ran beforehand, he was like you know this normal politician. But Trump isn't a normal politician. He's a firebrand. The <laughs> firebrand. Firebrand. Oh, okay. I thought we were going with fire ants. I'm like, why? Why fire ants? But why not? You got fire ants in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, there's fire ants in your pants, so close enough? Question mark. 
So basically the recap, we had three grown white men just yelling at each other the whole time. And that was it. That was it for about 90 minutes straight. That, that, that's, that's my takeaway so far. That's the recap. Yeah. I think I saw the one tweet that was going around. It's like, it's like, who knew three grown men talking at the same time was my least favorite sound. And I'm inclined to agree to that. I'm like, yeah, that was, that was really bad. I think we're all going to get all our info about policy from the vice presidential debate this year instead of the presidential one. Then maybe I'm, I'm a little, um, Kamala's got it, but like, I just want, I'm just waiting for that debate to go off. And then the next morning, see Fox News be like, oh, Kamala Harris is ruthless and, you know, disrespectful to the vice president. Because I feel like Kamala is, she, first of all, she is a very strong debater. Pence is not. He's not a very strong debater. So it's going to be really hard for him to kind of like step up to this woman who's like very confident in herself, but also knows where her skills are and knows the party that she's backing to versus Pence, who's just kind of like, he's always been a yes man and he's always been a follower and such. So it's going to be hard for him to actually like take the lead on it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be rough because with the Democratic side, Joe Biden's a leader, not a strong leader, but they have a, with a Kamala Harris. She's a strong up and coming leader who can take advantage whichever position she's given. I I just think. It won't be as big as a shit show, and we might get some policy kind of takeaways. Like, they did talk mm. about policy, of course, because it's a, a debate. But whatever we did get from it was so minuscule. Muddled. It was so muddled. Like, you, you couldn't even hear half of, their, half of the points because Trump would interrupt or Wallace would interrupt. Like, Wallace would have to, like, interrupt and throw it back over because they were running out of time. I know. That was the other thing, too, is, like, Biden was actually trying to get his point out to the citizens of the United States, and Trump was trying to ruin that. Although, he did get a couple policies out. That was really it. So, I'm hoping the vice president debate goes better for that. But yeah, one can hope. I think... Yeah, one can only hope. Most of our policy ideals are vice, uh, vice presidential debate, that I think. Because I think Trump's going to be... Just the same in the other two. I, I'm I, afraid of that. That's what I'm afraid of. And then, like, even the day after, like, 18 hours after the debate, like, I was watching, like, CNN. And, like, they were asking him about the Proud Boys comment he made. And he said he, did, he doesn't know who Proud Boys are. I'm like, bro, it's been, like, 18 hours. How did no one in your, like, team tell you who they were? He, he clearly already moved on past that. And he's like, oh... I don't think he understood how big of a moment that was and he just kind of squandered it like yeah. you know like because all like the all the proud boy chats and stuff like their social media and stuff they're they're ready to go fuck some shit up so he has if he wasn't an Them enabler those damn before, boogaloos. <laughs> and the boogaloos and the, and the, the three boogaloos or whatever and then the, the kkk they're all ready to go at this point they're like all right we're waiting on the word and i'm like oh shit I think that was yeah. the most he's ever enabled, like, a group of people like that. Like, just yeah. the, the most direct and most enabling way. Uh, I feel like he enabled people more, like, during the 20s, like, oh, during, like, yeah. the first, during his, like, presidency, because he enabled, like, you know, the subtle, like, the subtle racist, the subtle white supremacists sort of come out of their shells, in a sense. Yeah. He made like, you know... Like what? they made okay, like, like hey, we can we can be discriminatory. We can't say you know, you know, the no the no no words like you know <laughs> like like fully, but we can say the no no words are just words, so mm-hmm. they can't really mean to offend people anymore. Good job, you know, Mike. You, know, that you get a cookie for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying the no no words instead of saying the actual words. <laughs> yeah, if I. Yeah, if I were to do that, India would come through the screen and choke me out, so. She'd drive down. She'd drive down to Long Island and, like, choke you out. <laughs> I'll just put it up on my iPhone, on, like, dashboard or whatever on my car. 
But I, <laughs> I, I, the only thing I would argue, Mike, is I think he's enabling about the same amount, except he's enabling on different subjects this time. Because he, he already cornered, like, that racist market in 2016. And, you know, he still kind of enables that with, like, again, like, kind of like um, dog whistle words is, like, the political term for it. But he's also, if you think about it, he's enabling, you know, uh, anti-maskers. He's enabling that. He's saying, well, Fauci never said, like, he said, like, no, he said a bunch of scientists said the opposite about wearing masks. He said Fauci said the opposite during the debate, which... He clearly didn't, or he may be referring to in the beginning when no one knew if masks were actually going to help. Um, so I think he's enabling different things. He's enabling, like, the Karens of the world, for lack of a better term. And then, um, of course, he's enabling, you know, the people... He's still enabling racism with the uh, people who don't like uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, it already has. I mean, let's not forget Charlottesville and then the other... Ugh. The other Nazi stuff that's been going on. Let's just face it. He's been enabling the Nazis. No, absolutely. That and... That's just not even, like, a myth or anything. He's enabling Nazis at this point. Because uh, that, uh... that didn't happen under Bush. And but, that and... certainly didn't happen under Obama. And... Zach, I would actually like to say he's not enabling nazis by like would go to like a, a more broader term of ultra nationalist like they're the, the jingle, same thing the, like, nazi is short for nationalist yeah i know but i'm but i'm just saying like you know a broader term instead instead of just the nazis like you know the ku klux klan are ultra nationalists right the proud boys are ultra nationalists like you know a broader term like you know something that the ultra nat the american ultra nationalist basically all right yeah, yeah. i he, think Trump's also interesting, like, I'll bring it back to the, the Nazi comment. Uh, he, he uses, like, things in his personal life, like his daughter, Ivanka, who married uh, Jared Kushner, uh, she converted to Judaism, right, because he's part of a very big Jewish family, and that was important to his family. And mm-hmm. he says, how can I be anti-Semitic when he says anti-Semitic? Like, what things, even though he'll never, like, say it, like, again, there's dog whistle words, that most people won't recognize because it's never discussed what those dog whistle words are, but I hear it a lot from him. But he's saying, how mm. can I be anti-Semitic? I have Jewish grandchildren, which that doesn't mean you're not anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Just have Jewish Exactly. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to the next point. It's like, what did we actually watch? Because I had to watch the entirety of the debate. The entirety of the debate. And I think I said it before. It's just three grown men just yelling at each other. Like, two of them are supposed to be talking. The other one's supposed to be asking them questions. And it ended up being, like, a dispute in a kindergarten class between two students and a teacher. Joe Biden's trying to get rid of cows. (laughs) I brought football back. I'm like, sir, 200,000 people are dead. Did, Did any of you see this tweet that I think described it perfectly? I I don't know who wrote it, so... I feel really bad because I can't credit the handle. But the tweet, but the tweet was Chris Wallace was clearly never a mom who was driving with like two kids in the back of his car. I'm going to shut up or I'm going to pull over the car. (laughs) 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 I wish I did, so I'll give them credit. That's funny though. I we saw I saw so many tweets like that. Just (laughs) talking about how childish was. Even, like, Biden got in on it a little bit. I'm like, hey, man, like, you gotta chill. Yeah. Oh, I I was, um, it was on MSNBC. It was on, like, their coverage after the debate. It wasn't a tweet. I'm dumb. That just, that, the coverage after the debate just did, everyone was just kind of like, yo, what the, what the fuck is that? What was that? I, I think the best part was when you were flipping through the channels. Uh, I, I remember one channel said, I think it was CNN, they said the actual word shitstorm. Yeah. And then MSNBC had a, had, um, an anchor and I don't remember their name. They said, uh, well, this was a blank storm and other networks were allowed to say the word, but we're not. And I just thought it was like kind of funny flipping back and forth. (laughs) I mean, some of those are, (laughs) I mean, some of those are cable, so they'll be fine, but. Cable. 
but one of them was allowed to say it. I think MSNBC, or I forget. It was between CNN and MSNBC. But one of them wasn't allowed to say it, and they called the other channel out. <laughs> hey, man, you're not supposed to do that. It's like, but we agree with you. I know. Oh, she likes, she does fact-checking during the debate. She was like, the hell happened? She was like, I know she was like, I was all ready to fact-check, and she was like, ugh. But it was interesting to see the, the, the anchors and the commentators after the debate because they were just like, the fuck are we supposed to talk about? I mean, like, that was the thing with ABC, too. Like George was saying, it was like a lot of people were saying it was like the worst debate they have ever seen of any scale. Like, it didn't matter what the scale of magnitude was for the debate. Literally from like classroom debates all the way up to the presidential debate. That was like the worst one anyone has seen. I that was one of the worst ones I've ever seen too. Could that even really be called a debate if we're really taking that like definition? It's a game show now where if you can get a fact out, you get a cookie. Ooh. Yeah. Uh Joe Biden I think got five cookies. Trump got zero. I mean, yeah, I don't would call that a debate. If a debate is supposed to be an exchange of different ideas that are generally a that are always opposed like diametrically this was just like fuck that i'm just gonna scream at you for an hour and a half and cut you off at every point and insult like your family and make and take very pointed attacks mm-hmm. and well, i i think joe biden actually handled it very very well he handled and- it the best he could and he is an actual he's actually a good debater but like he handled it the best he could I think he he must have gone home and been shaking his head and he must have been like, what the WTF, man? What the fuck was that? I mean, when Trump was like insulting his family, he definitely like kind of took him to task a little bit. But he also wasn't so bad, like so rude or so like, you know, I'm surprised Joe Biden then put his mask on and went over and punched Trump in the face over his dead son, over his over. I think it's Hunter or is it Bo? Yeah, Hunter. Okay. I would have, I think most of us would have been like, we would have lost our cool if like the other opponent started like attacking your dead relative. Like, I think most of us would have like got over there and punched him in the face. And he kept his composure really well. I give him immense credit where he didn't back down, but he also didn't lose his temper. He didn't lose his temper. But I'm just saying, I think most of us would have lost some sort of like, some sort of our cool. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if it was me, like someone just like, we're debating and then they mentioned my dead son. Uh, I'm just, I'm not afraid to, <laughs> at that point, I'm just going to like lose all control that I have. So I'm glad Biden has that kind of like control and composure on him. Cause on the I, flip side of that, it would have made Biden look way worse saying, Oh, he attacked the president of the United States. Yeah, no, I, I think he handled that as well as um, anyone could. So he gets uh he gets quite a few props for being able to handle that because I don't think most of us would be able to handle that kind of attack. Of course, that could be just me. Some of us could be like, "Oh, you're going after my dead relative." Oh. I yeah. mean, but Biden also had the best lines of best lines of the night. I I, I would give that award to Biden too with some of the things he said. Oh my God, he was just he was just telling Trump to shut up, and I'm like I'm like finally someone said it to his face. My favorite was when he was like, yap, 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 all you do is talk or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, he, yes. He had some He's- sass. Biden had some sass going. Like, once he got into the groove a little bit, he had some sass rolling. Yeah, like, Trump honestly didn't really get called out. Like, no, that was not a debate. That was, that was just you yelling because someone was bringing up good points. Like, my, my favorite thing was, did he insult the size of Joe Biden's mask that he wears? Did something? he do that? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. He said, like, Joe Biden, like, wears the biggest mask ever or something, and he's, like, so scared of the virus because of that. That's such a weird attack. That doesn't even make any sense. That was his attack. Well, he was trying, like, I think what his point was in his Trump-esque way was that Joe Biden is weak. I am strong. I don't feel the need to wear a huge mask to protect myself. It's like a, it's like saying tiny human, weak, me, big human, strong. 
was the point. I just, I just heard like a very stupid voice from that. He just like made fun of him for it. Like he was like, well, but what do you expect? Every time I see Joe, oh, here's his mask. Oh, I have my mask every t- everywhere I go. And it's like, yeah, why are you making fun of him for wanting to wear a mask during a global pandemic? Like, Yeah, out of all times. <laughs> yeah. We talking it, now. We're making fun of him now during a global clearly pandemic. Clearly don't care because I've seen him wear his mask twice <laughs> since March. Oh, my God. Why, I, I feel like he'll get covid like eventually well um before we came on one of his uh top and close advisors uh hope hicks actually got tested positive for coronavirus really yeah that was just like breaking news within the last hour and she was with the president helping him debate prep debate and all that stuff traveling with him to the debate and back and then to the rally in minnesota and back today Oh, wait, that was the best thing that Trump said in the debate, now that you reminded me of something. He said that no one can prove that anyone, like, got COVID from his rallies. Talk to Herman Cain about that and come back to me and let me know what you yeah. think. Like, I feel, I'm very sad that Herman Cain passed away and that's a terrible tragedy. No one should have died, but that's kind of what's happening in 2020. Hey, can we mention the fact that he's like, no one of my rallies got in COVID. When, like, Herman Cain, one of his biggest, like, supporters within the Republican Party, went to his rally in Tulsa, got COVID-19, and died less than two weeks later. So, we all at least know one case that ended fatally from your rallies. I mean, you're an idiot for holding rallies. I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. You do not care about public health. Yeah, I was saw this video that the New York Times put out and it showed the graph of how the virus sort of like exploded in America. Like in the beginning, like, you know, everyone in the world had their failings. Like, you know, nobody was really prepared for it. But then the Europe, but then in Europe and Asia, things stagnated, then declined. But in America, things just spiked to crazy levels. I, I mean, like, the thing about like Asia and stuff is like they had it they had it first. So a lot of the Asian countries like China obviously like like for China it's just they that's where it started from. It easily moved to Japan, Korea and all the neighboring countries and stuff. And then they were kind of like the guinea pigs out of it all. It's like, alright, what's the do's and don'ts? And then when Europe hit got hit with COVID nineteen, they reacted to it differently, but they knew more than what China and Japan and Korea did. And then by the time it got to the United States, in theory, the United States should have been the most prepared for the coronavirus because of how much time we had. And Trump literally only, he only did one thing and that was it. And then he just expected it to just work out. Well, yeah. And here's the, yeah, sorry if I'm interrupting, but I think this is sort of important. George Bush and president Obama both had plans to you to stop a global pandemic. Hell, a video game, The Division, is based off of the plans that, that was created under George Bush. Like you know, in case of a glo- like a global pandemic. And you know, people have nitpick between the Obama one and the Bush one. Like Bush one's a bit more broad. The Obama one's a bit more bit more you know very specific and detail oriented but at least they had plans trump throughout the obama the obama pandemic people like who prepared it and he just said you know what screw it i'm gonna do this my way and this is just a small cold and even though i know it's worse i'm gonna downplay it so there's no panic even though there was panic anyway oh there was plenty of panic people ran and got toilet paper we had a toilet paper (laughs) shortage which feels like oh, happened God. like five years ago. And then I remember there was a pasta shortage. So people were running around and fighting each other over pasta. pasta At least up here. There's like a toilet, toilet paper shortage, pasta shortage. Now there's a coin shortage going around. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, they're not actual shortages. Well, the coin, the coin one is actual shortage because they haven't been able to make any more. 
everything else has just been made up. All the other ones have been made up. But, like, the the issue with how we handle coronavirus has definitely been a factor in how we've been able to live our lives. And I think the whole thing about coronavirus at the debate, I mean, it was, it was pretty clear that, like, Trump did not care about coronavirus. They asked, like, Biden was trying to give his take on it. And then Trump just kept interrupting him. And I'm like... But then you see all the ads saying that Joe Biden wouldn't be able to handle the pandemic and stuff. And I'm like, Trump, you have literally done nothing for the pandemic to help against the pandemic. And you're saying the other guy isn't going to do anything. I'm <laughs> I going to just say yeah. the marketing strategy of Trump is just not working this time around. I Yeah, I agree. And I definitely agree with what Mike said about... um. Not like about the pandemic plans for George Bush and Obama. What was interesting is like a year before the pandemic hit, Trump like fired that part of his staff because he was like, I think he was saying we were like wasting money that we were never going to use because he's like, when's the last time like a pandemic kind of happened? So we fired the staff, and then a year later you had COVID, and so I, I think that's interesting, and I do think Trump's marketing is. Failing. I think Trump's always going to have some supporters he can do no wrong in their eyes. But mm-hmm. a, lot of, um, a lot of his swing states and a particular kind of area that he's losing, and it's an important part of the vote, is white suburban women. That was the, um, I'm going to cut into like the little bit of the uh, takeaways, is that the uh, the immediate response to the debate from like news articles and stuff was just astronomical. Like, they were pumping stuff out and asking voters how they felt. There was only one article I saw where people were still undecided after watching the debate, and I don't know how. But I noticed a lot of states, like, the number of people who went to the early voting polling place for certain states increased by, like, over 200% in certain states. Like, Michigan. I think they had one polling place. The number of people who came to vote early increased by 800% after the debate. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So, the the dish, the issue, there's a couple things different from 2016. First of all, in this year, despite COVID, we have early voting going on. Like, people are still going to go vote in person because maybe they don't trust the mail-in voting. But then you're having these debates live while people can actually go and vote and make a difference. And it's really just going to, like, throw off, like, this election. Because it feels like for the first time ever, it feels like our votes actually, like, are going to actually coordinate with, like, how we feel. Because there's never, like, a debate just, like, a week before voting that's always done before the voting's, before the voting starts. But it feels different because people are actually going out and voting. And now they're seeing, like, the immediate policies and stuff. They're like, oh, I don't want that guy in my in the White House. Uh, let me go vote for the other one. Yeah. I, I think what another interesting stick that he's kind of, like, I wouldn't say lost because he never had, is you have people who are um, very, very to the left uh, who just didn't like Biden at all and were just kind of, like, refusing to vote for him. Kind of like with... Um, Hillary and Trump in 2016, like, had liberals who were just, like, refusing to vote for either Hillary or Trump. They would do, like, a write-in or a libertarian candidate, like, or a third party. Even the libertarians third party, I realize as I say that. Um, but <laughs> now now people who are to the left and saw the debate, they're like, look, I might hate Biden, but this is ridiculous. This can't keep going on, so I'm going to vote for Biden. Yeah, they sort of a uh, united front in a sense. Yeah, and I think in a way we didn't have in, in 2016. I think another part of it is we've all lived through a Trump presidency at this point. He's had four years. He has, I think, hurt the country. He took us out of the Paris Accords, which was brought up during the debate, and Biden made a very good point about wanting to rejoin the Accords and help bring back solar energy, which, you know, stopping climate change, which is a really good thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Trump has hurt us in our foreign affairs in a way that will take years more than one presidency i think that's a good point to bring up is the um the foreign policies at this point 
Because no one respects the United States. Like, like, like yeah, we screwed up, and then we have Trump as president, and then he's going around, and he's creating this very, this terrible image of what is the United States, even though it's not, it's not always what it is, but, like, it's not always what it is now. But it's just, mm-hmm. like, this really terrible image, and now it's, like, people don't look to the United States as, like, the leader, like, one of the main leaders of the world. They're like, oh, they can't even handle themselves at home. And then yeah. Trump pulling out of the Paris Accords was a very big deal for him because he didn't like playing by those rules. And then I like how Biden was, like, very much, he's like, oh, we need to, like, get back into that and, like, get our emissions under control. It's it's not the cows. We're not worried about cows. Because, you know, certain industries that will remain nameless, but Trump has dearly supported, are killing the environment. And I think I saw this tweet from Bernie Sanders. And he's like, he's saying that uh, the Republicans are saying the New Green Deal would cost $100 trillion. And then he's like, but what's plan B? Like, what is the backup plan for Earth? Because we ain't got one. So I think I, I, I think it's interesting because when you look back at uh, Trump's foreign policies, you had the, the Muslim ban um, like two years ago, I want to say, maybe a little later than that, like back in time. But he also, when, when the um, terrorist attack happened in uh, the UK, he could have been like other leaders and offered sympathy to them. And he, he, re- he didn't. He called like I forget who he called, but he called one of their political leaders. Like, he just started insulting them and he called them just. Like, I think terrible. it was the mayor of London. Yeah. If but I like, remember that right. Like, yeah, that's part of it. Like, you're insulting a country after such a horrible tragedy. But we have terrorist attacks in the U.S. all the time. Like, and no one insults you. It's not the political leader's fault that a terrorist attack happened. Of course. Like it's terrible, and it's not going to only make laws to stop it. But if some, but like we've had, we have a bunch of mass shootings in our country, and no one's, and no one's like tweeting you, like how terrible you are. And he had like this attack, and the UK generally has less mass shootings, and they're generally, they generally, you know, they're pretty set on like their social issues and stuff, so they're much more far ahead. Yeah, I mean, but um, the thing exactly. about this whole debate it just kind of shows the the aftermath of like the first four years of the trump presidency because now because 2016 people are like oh what's the worst that can happen and now we're like oh we know what's happened it's not like the absolute worst but it's like top five time top five worst timelines and (laughs) it's definitely top five maybe top three and then we're like if we take another four years at trump it feels like there won't be much of a U.S. left standing no, for the next the, person to take over. That's the worst timeline. That is the worst time. <laughs> that's one. Someone's going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, I wonder what their political views are. <laughs> and they'll just be very confused. We're conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> Die hard conservatives. God bless America. Whatever, Paul Oh my God! Someone's gonna, someone's gonna complain. It's like you made fun of Republicans, and I'll do it again too. <laughs> What's the goofy mean? Oh, yeah, I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> and I. I honestly feel like since Trump is very, very avoidant of, you know, white supremacists, he's trying to pinpoint other things, whatever you, he's trying to divert from the actual, like, topic of racism. He never wants to admit it. He never wants to confront it. He never wants to talk about it. And I feel like that in itself is just in, like, letting his racist supporters, like, show their true colors and i feel like since that happened in 2016 and he fooled a lot of people to like actually come out and show their colors and now in 2020 with the whole black lives matter movement taking off i just feel like it's just the wrong time to have racists come out the woodworks man (laughs) he's he's, because at least then we'll know oh yeah we i know who exactly the other (laughs) 
the other thing too is that Trump's like I've done more for the black community than any other yeah. Republican except Lincoln. And he, he kind of holds his head high on that, but I'm like, you haven't done anything. Okay. In fact, you've made it worse for the blacks in America. What are you doing, sir? I mean, I that's what the Republican Party always throws out is Lincoln. And I just think that is the most hysterical thing. That was over a hundred years ago. <laughs> like, you cannot be let, resting your laurels on this man. And I'll be real, the Republican Party for a long time long time was the party that championed for, for, for black people to have more rights in America. That is not disputed. But I think when the shift happened in like the 1960s till now, the Republican Party has gone farther out and the Demo- farther out and are more racist. And the Democratic Party, I they're not perfect with it. I still think there's a lot of work to be done, but they're better. I think the shift for the Republican Party happened in the 80s when the dog whistle wars started coming out. Um, I think that's when that shift really, really occurred. But um, I think the big thing is, like, the Republicans always pull out the Lincoln thing, like, it's a, like it's a Trump card or something, no pun intended, but, like, it's ah. like, I'm not racist, I'm part of the Republican Party. Abraham Lincoln! just puts the card on the table and like we're just supposed to be like oh yeah you're right lincoln did free the slaves i mean uh... because they think that treating uh black people with actual like bare minimum decent basic human right respect is like more than enough they think by just doing that alone that they're going above and beyond like that shit has been pissing me off man and then basing on basing on name value alone that you were the part that you were the party of the north during the 1860s isn't going to work over 100 years down the line it's not we're like 100 and it's not the same energy it's like dude really we're closer to like 150 (laughs) years for emancipation than we are but it's just like you know, Trump is, like, making all these claims and stuff, and, like, in 2016, people got behind it. They're like, yeah, but now that we actually know, for mo- for the most part, most of us know that he's, like, a liar and stuff, and now, pe- now he says something, and people are like, ah. Well, the smart people sure? in 2016. I mean, there's some people, I feel like, this is one of the other takeaways I have from this. I feel like his base got smaller, in a way from 2016 because there was a lot of like independents who were like yeah let's go trump 20 yeah you know, 2016 but now this time around it feels like there's oddly less support for him and we know historically speaking it's harder for the incumbent president to win a second term it's usually a more narrow margin of victory but um you know i feel like this is a gonna be a tight race depending on where you live let's just start to kind of wrap this up uh, is there any other takeaways or is there any actual winners or losers? Because I feel like anybody who watched this lost brain cells first off, let me let me start off this segment kicking it off by saying, whoever watched this debate, the entirety of it, you must now deduct at least 100 brain cells from your body. Just write the it down. People, the only people who won were the networks for putting on a good comedy show. Oh my god. I don't know how that broadcast room was like because they they got that stuff first before the rest of us and then there i would have liked to have been a fly in the wall for that kind of broadcast i i would argue joe biden won that debate i think he honestly did i think even though he didn't get across as he he barely got any because of our our clown for president trump sorry for a name but joe biden looked more poised he looked like he had the stood up when he had to but he was not excessively rude or mean um he did not like lose his temper really so i i think joe biden won i think people who watched trump they saw a lot of people said who they supported trump they saw his behavior and they said like that behavior was disgusting i don't think i can vote for that or like people people who were undecided i think a lot of them went over to the biden camp because he looked insane he looked like a toddler and you don't want a toddler running your country no you generally don't but people didn't see it the first time around now they're seeing it 
kind of the second time around and they're like oh um no i didn't realize how much of a man child he is let me <laughs> let me go and not vote for him in this 2016 debates he like of course he was saying this terrible stuff and he, I, he did cut off i think hillary a couple of times but it was not to uh, the level that we saw like where this poor where poor biden could even get a point across and i'm not like huge into biden but i like biden like more than most people in the party right now i so. yeah i think that's I think people, some people who are very far to the left are like, we don't like Biden necessarily, but, you know, um, it's either him or Trump. (laughs) It's him or Trump. I mean, you can vote third party. He's the chosen one. He's all we got. (laughs) Biden's a means to an end. (laughs) He's just a band-aid. Let's just get it off. (laughs) I like that he was shot in hell. I like Pete Buttigieg. I thought he was great. He never had a shot. Well, I did but then again, that. I like Andrew Yang, so it's like I Yang did... Yang. <laughs> Yang. <laughs> hey, he's a hometown hero. He was like one of like the other ones to drop out, not super early, oh, but yeah, like he, he held out for a little bit. It's not like Mike Bloomberg, who came in for a week, spent a hundred million dollars on advertising, and only won like America Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's Biden it. Because Biden probably got more voters to go to his side than Trump did. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because Trump is losing certain bases that he had before. Like, especially the suburban white woman he's losing. That was, like, a huge part of his base. And if he doesn't have that base, like, evangelical... Because he's getting woke. (laughs) They're getting woke now. (laughs) Like, it's just the thing, too, is, like, he's not able to, like, get these people over because they actually know how the country runs. And then then Trump uh, rolled back that... um, I'm trying to think of what it is. I forgot if it's the Obama era housing code where it kind of like worked on desegregating neighborhoods. Yeah, I don't know which one. Trump rolled that back and he's like, I'm saving the suburb, you know, suburbia. And then all the suburb people are like, dude, what the fuck? What are you doing? I I think it will be interesting. I think the states that we got to really look out for is, of course, Florida, uh, Pennsylvania, um, I think Michigan is a pretty big swing state, and there's a few others that I should, I can't remember. I mean, it's interesting to look at the polls like the day right after the debate because like Michigan went from a swing state to like slightly favoring Joe Biden, and some of these other states were like that were kind of like swing states. Some of them were leaning like Iowa went from like a Trump state to like a swing state. Yeah, Texas like by Trump's lead was at, like, 3%, and now it's down to, like, less than 1%. Yeah, so I, I think it I think it will be interesting. South Carolina, Trump is only leading by 1% with a 3% marginal difference between uh, Trump and Biden, like, in terms of, like, undecided slash error. So it's like, th- there's good, there might be some states, by the time we actually get to the results, that may turn blue. Or, you know, or the other way, there may be a state that turns red that we weren't expecting. Yeah, uh, what I'm seeing right now, it's CBS, it's 279 Biden, 163 Trump. Yep. With a 96 toss-up. Yep. Uh, the fact that it seems like, I don't want to say Biden already has the election because uh, I'm going to act like Biden's down by 10 points with a minute left to go in a basketball game. <laughs> First female president when she was 66-33 favorites to win. Oh my god. Said, See ya, bitch. <laughs> but uh, uh, the actual winner, Joe stood his ground. Chris Wallace deserves not just a beard, the entire tap. Uh, everyone <laughs> lost. <laughs> open bar for one night. <laughs> Chris Wallace gets the open bar for one night. Notice it's a pot. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's like he's like i hate to break it to you guys but i'm going to npr screw this shit <laughs> i'm out he, he's got to be going to his boss says fox is he, he's like if you ever make me do that shit again i i will <laughs> he's gonna do something drastic he's like i'm gonna just take a dump on your car <laughs> <laughs> shit through your moonroof. <laughs> 
I'm gonna bust that thing open and shit right through if you make me moderate a debate again. After a long night of eating White Castle. <laughs> and Taco Bell. <laughs> I could imagine some people are like, yeah, my catering's White Castle and Taco Bell, so if you really screw me over, I'm gonna just go and shit in your luxury shit my car. brains out. <laughs> yeah, that's how we're ending this. Fire out the asshole. <laughs> Oh, oh, we're up to no good. Yeah, we need to plug some resources to vote. Listen, um, we don't usually like to throw our things everywhere, you know, except for maybe when we're flinging shit at our <laughs> at Fox <laughs> News, but uh, in general, in general, don't fling shit, but. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, we are making sure that the great people are able to vote. We're going to put some resources in the description on how you can still register to vote, depending on your state. I know New York State, it's October 9th for the end of registration to vote. You can still request an absentee ballot, I think, like, a week before the actual election happens. So, if you haven't registered to vote, there's still a little bit of time. If you're already registered to vote, we'll help you find a polling place, help search your ballot and stuff. You can find that all in the description of this episode. We'll also put it on our website, and we'll put it on our social media pages, too. So, there you go. No excuses. Right? Every, everyone's all set. I'm registered to vote. I've been registered since, like, earlier this year. Well, it matters who you're voting for, but we won't. We won't. <laughs> if you if you just get to the end of this, it it you may recognize that it does matter who you vote for. But you know it's important to vote and be involved in the democratic process. So and if you don't vote, don't complain about what this country's looking like after the election. That's facts. Oh, this is gonna be my first. Basically, yeah, yeah. Isn't this your first election, Uh-oh. Sarah? Election, yeah. Yeah. First time voting. I voted for the first time in 2016. Yeah, I need to fix the timeline. What? My first time. The worst election of all time. <laughs> no, my, my birthday is generally the day after the presidential election. So Trump got elected November 8th. I turned um 17 on November 9th. <laughs> there so you I go. I brought in cupcakes. And so my joke was it was going to be no matter who won. That was my gift to America. Whoever won the presidential <laughs> election so i had a few teachers who were very depressed i had a few teachers who were very happy so it was interesting to see so anyways uh just a recap we'll put those resources in the description we'll put the resources on our website and then we'll post them on our social media uh the last day to register to vote in new york state is october 9th so get on it get on it that that's all i have left all right, let's take the take this thing out. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs> and similar to the debate, we weren't talking over each other, but at least we made sense. Yeah. At least we <laughs> well, we're sorry for talking over each other, and Trump would have been like, "Well, actually, hold on." <laughs> I brought back football. <laughs>